Blessings, people. Today, I got a special guest coming on. I got, yup, Ali Bear, the can of Canuck, coming on the most highest podcast in the universe. Just going to tap her in right now. Yup, let's see what's going on. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. Let's up. Let's see if it goes right through. It's the Myrie Jane podcast straight to all of you. Hello. 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 Yep, finally. Yeah, I'm so glad I finally made it on. It's all good. I, I usually say this to everybody. Introduce yourself to the universe, to those who may not know who you are. Um, well, uh, my name's Ali Bear. I'm a cannabis patient, activist, and educator uh, from Niagara, Ontario. So I'm located in Canada, the land of legal weed. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, how do you feel about, like, since the legalization, like, is it has it been better and or, like, worse for you, like, your experience? Um, well, so for me, I entered, I really, my experience with cannabis came as a medical patient. Um, so I've actually had access to legal cannabis for a few more years than uh, recreational counterparts. So recreationally, it's it's only been a couple of years now. Um, and that part of things uh, really hasn't impacted my part of things terribly. Um, I have had the fortunate experience um, to pair up with a lot of uh, legacy market individuals as well as legal. Um, and really learn a, a lot about cannabis um, from best practices and things of that nature. So for me, since legalization, um, it's it's just opened up more windows and opportunities to to have the discussions that are important to me, right? So from your like um, your uh, condition, well, I don't think it's a condition. Like basically, I'm saying like, how has this like has it helped you? Like the stigma going away, like from the legalization because people used to look on like oh you smoke weed you must be a criminal or some type of negative more than the positive like how did that like your experience from your condition what you have uh, make that better yeah well so for me that is a major part of why I do what I do now um, is to try and combat that kind of stigma especially for women and uh, for moms um, so as a medical patient, I was uh, basically in the closet, you could say, as a cannabis user, uh, because I'm a mom of five children. Uh, okay. So that, you know, so that can be something um, that, like you said, there is negative connotation from time to time, or it was something that I had been a little bit more nervous about. So I found that legalization, in some ways, it's been really great um, to open up uh, the conversations and uh to really help lessen stigma. And then in a lot of ways, uh, it has done an injustice or disservice to the people that have been here all along um, doing what they're doing now to sort of glamorize cannabis and um, uh, take it over uh, in this newfound way. We're not acknowledging the legacy market um, or really what stems from there or keeping those people that have always been faithful to cannabis, always grown it, always used it, sort of it, um, not giving them the same sort of opportunities to now revel in the legalization that a lot of us are getting um, to do, you know. Do you feel Canada's uh, being like a great leader in this uh, push for the whole world to be legalized? I do think that we're showing a lot of benefits uh, government to government. 
Um, and they were showing a framework of success um, that it can be done on a federal level. I mean, we've we've been doing it for a couple of years now. Our country hasn't imploded. Um, we're making a massive amount in tax dollars that benefits the government and the population. Um, and, and the unfortunate uh, thing is that unless it does benefit the government in some sort of way, um, we're probably not looking at federal legalization worldwide, you know. And, and so we have to walk that line and we have to find um, the gray area, you know, between the black market and this new white market type of deal. We like to call it legacy feeling. It's a little bit more respectful instead of sort of trying to make it some sort of light and dark sort of whatever, but really um, paying respect to the people that have been doing it all along. So we, we refer to it as legacy in the industry. And we need to find that area um, where we can sort of meet in the middle. So really um, make something that's uh, um, going to change and make everyone happy. Nobody's, I guess they sort of say the best deal is if no one's happy on either side, right? Then you, at least you know it's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's so, your ex what's your first experience with like the we say the cannabis, the marijuana, like your first experience before? I don't know if you always knew about your condition from a young age, but like, how, how did that take you? Um, no, for me, um, I, I became a medical patient as a result of an accident. Uh, but my first experience with cannabis um, was actually, I was still in my teens. I believe I was probably about 19 at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I had been seeing someone uh, that regularly used cannabis. I didn't understand it at all. Uh, it wasn't legal. I was a young parent and I was very, very nervous about things. So um, he told me that, you know, I was being judgmental without knowledge and he, he pled an adequate case. So I called my brother and, um, I had him bring me over some blueberry kush. <laughs> uh, but I had a sort of a green out experience cause I actually used the big, big lungs and, uh, I did it twice and I got extremely overwhelmingly high. Um, and I ended a relationship with cannabis for a little while, and I joke uh, with the guy as well. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I started um, learning a little bit more about cannabis here and there. My, my brother had been a longtime user. Um, we have growers in the family. We have growers uh, in, in a social circle. Um, and plant medicine became a major uh, aspect of my household, natural living, um, to combat some of um, the other sort of health challenges or concerns that we have in the environment. So for me, it cannabis just fell in line uh, with more a natural way of living and uh, harmony with how things I, I personally believe um, should be. You know, pharmaceuticals are completely synthetic. Uh, we're finding constant issues. There's nonstop lawsuits. Uh, people are dying over addiction and cannabis doesn't cause any of these kinds of problems. So it's for me, um, you know, doing what I do now is so that more people can can be comfortable in their cannabis use and talk about it. Um, just not making it a glamorized thing um, and buying into that living your best life um, sort of <laughs> social media capture of everything but trying to keep it real and more normal mm -hmm. and understanding that you know you can still be a productive member of society and um, smoke an immense amount of cannabis if it's going to be what's going to help you with pain and we should be able to do that type of thing 
um, where moms can have wine o'clock or, you know, Karen can pop a Xanax, but we need to be able to have the, the reality of the situation is we're still a minority and we yes. need to bring respectful cannabis use and, um, more bridging all the gaps of, of the culture together to bring more benefits to the majority of us and bring back that sense of community to our plant. Cause that's really what it's all about. Right. Yes. What, what do you like indica or the sativa? Like, do you take it, uh, smoke it different times or? Um, so for me, um, learning a little bit more and diving into things, I go, uh, really into, um, sort of terpenes versus strains. Uh, so I like things that are heavy and linable. I find they're um, more relaxing for me, but usually if I'm going to pick like an indica versus a sativa, I guess if you want to eliminate it that way, I'll go more indicas or more hybrids generally. Um, Mm -hmm. it really, for me, it's about the, the way that it smells. It just, it's a lot about, it's a lot about the smell and like, you know, uh, cannabis can be, um, a very superficial sort of affection as well. You kind of fall in love with the book, <laughs> book's cover sometimes and you want to smoke yeah. it depending on how frosty it is, not necessarily what strain it is, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's how frosty it is, but how you're right. The aroma and the smell, I notice if it has a good, nice flowery aroma, most likely mm. that's a very good bud. <laughs> yeah. So see, and that's really, so that's, what's really, really cool. So that for you, um, you are more a terpenes man. And if you like a floral type of thing, you probably may also lean mm-hmm. to linalool. So I find that for me, it smells, uh, it's supposed to smell like, um, similar to lavender, like that there's yeah. also linalool in lavender. But for me, yeah. I find it kind of like, um, lilacs or something like that. Like it is more, far more floral for me, but it's yeah. really cool that you notice that. So that's, you also are more about the terpenes. Yeah, because I've been tasting it from a young age, <laughs> very young age. <laughs> so when was very your young. first, when did you start first consuming cannabis? You know what? I could say from a, okay, basically from I was in the womb, but uh, smoking it really is when I was like maybe 12 years old because my pop smoked and he had parties. So they always had weed, roaches all around the place, you know. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) So it was a long time ago, a long time, over twenty. Wow, it's a lifetime love, eh? And so your, so um, your mom consumed that in in uh, pregnancy, like so. You know, that's that's another thing that's really cool to talk about, and especially from a female standpoint. Uh, you know, there's a lot of demonization of the plant. Mm. Um. But then women are particularly vulnerable. We have children to protect and families to think about and things like that. But what people also don't know is that females actually metabolize cannabis differently than men. It's right? true. Because so, it's a female. What makes the female part of the plant, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one what gets you high. So yes. Female, so... A female and a female it will be different than a man, like how we feel. And I know there is a difference. I always said there is a difference. Yes. Correct me. Correct me. <laughs> no, it it is actually, um, that is scientifically accurate. And if you look into some of the studies to do with cannabis and um, women, or even if you just do some standard knowledge and you have some guys that are willing to admit things, a man that is married or in a long-term relationship with a woman and they're both smokers, they'll tell you 
nine times out of ten will smoke them under the table. Uh, or he'll be like, yeah, my girlfriend smokes all my weed all the time. Or like, like I'll just be, you know, having a edible or something and I'm baked and so happy. And she's just like, let's go. I want to go out to the market or whatever. So, yeah. you know, we, we have very different experiences, but oftentimes, um, a lot of the way that things are portrayed or sold or managed, um, it is male dominated. That's just a statistical fact. And like you said, the female, the cannabis plant is female. Um, you know, we, we need to really sort of, um, tap into that and a female guiding force, I think. And I think we, we would all be better off for it. Uh, if we could strongly acknowledge a feminine aspect or at least a difference, um, in respect to that. And then, and then maybe have those conversations that really open doors more for moms without so mm. much stigma attached. You know what? I, at my, I, well, this is my thinking. I think because I smoked a lot, I have three girls, three girls, one boy. Really? And it, and my lady, she doesn't really smoke, but back in the day, she would try, you know, certain times, you know, casual times, would mm -hmm. smoke. <laughs> and we, it's all females. <laughs> oh, you think there's a correlation, eh? That'd be very funny. It's funny, yeah. So, my ex, he had, a, a, he used to be a major stoner, and during that time, he had a son. Yeah. Um, but he stopped with cannabis, and I had started with cannabis, but um, at the time, I was uh, not well enough researched, and I did abstain, um, you know, for for pregnancies and stuff because I was nervous. And if you're not comfortable or you're not yeah. educated enough, I, I really yeah. advocate that people do what they're comfortable with and talk about things more and do your own research. Um, so, so, but after that, we did have three girls. So I don't know. Maybe there is a correlation because I had a boy before cannabis. After cannabis. <laughs> Twins, That'd be funny. First. Twins first, and then oh, girls after. Nice. Boy and, boy and girl, then two girls. Oh, perfect. That's <laughs> nice. That's really cute. But the cannabis is something, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. Helps with the pain, helps with a lot of uh, stress. But for me, as an artist, like a, a musician, right, what you call it, it helps with sound. It helps with uh, create uh, creating art. It does. Yes. So concentrate. That, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's actually another thing that cannabis can change your auditory perception. So for you to say that isn't just you, um, you know, thinking that or whatever. That's actually scientifically backed. Um, you know, and that's the thing is the more that people learn that stuff. Um, Instead of just taking some random artist's word for it that smokes a lot of weed, it's just like, dude, it helps you with my music. You can now understand from a scientific standpoint that that guy has been entirely correct. And maybe yeah. if you're struggling, smoke a little pot and see if it changes the sound for you. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, every track what I've made, mostly the best tracks are when I smoke the best and it goes so fast. Like, the writing is easier. Sometimes I don't write. It's just the creativity comes. And yep. that's the hit. And that's the hit what everybody likes. Yeah. Cool. And and that, and that <laughs> makes a big point to, you know, the productive stoner. Some people, they'll smoke to veg out. 
And some people will smoke to be able to do their work, be productive and make amazing art. So yeah. it's the more that we have, uh, you know, open discussions about it, the more that we can understand terpenes and, you know, a scientific impact on the body or just from a self-care standpoint or just from because it's sometimes fun and better for you than alcohol. You know, That's the true. more that we can understand that everybody's different um, and all experiences are different and kind of appreciate that. I think it's a lot easier to appreciate those differences and revel in them when you're high too. <laughs> rather than, it's true. It's true. Rather than have to fight about them, right? <laughs> so I, I see that you're also a businesswoman and you've got um, other ventures. You, you have some, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you have like some like glass type of, uh, what, is it vapors or pay, um, pipes? Um, I do. I have my hand in a lot of pies and cannabis. Um, and uh, one of the fun things about um, my job is that I have uh, so many opportunities to try new things. And one of those new things is, yes, I, I did start um, melting glass a little while ago. And okay. uh, I have had the opportunity to collaborate with some very talented artists. Um, like Drew Glass, for one. Uh, he's a, a good friend of mine, phenomenal person. Um, I've done some Christmas projects uh, with talented artists uh, from around our country. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really wonderful, and they've kind of taken me under their wing um, coming from cannabis and, and cannabis being a thing that opens doors. So uh, right now I'm still a newbie, and I'm just learning <laughs> on my hollow work. So I'm learning how to make bowls now, but I make, um, pendants, uh, the solid stuff, and a lot of sculptures or like turp pearls and things like that. Um, but the neat thing, um, I'm lucky because I can actually sculpt things somewhat well. Um, so I do little miniature things that other artists will end up using on their work. And uh, it's given me the opportunity to collaborate with some of Canada's really cool talent. So I'm excited to be able to do that. But, yeah, a little bit of glass. I'll be updating more. I just nicely got a hand torch. Um, so I'll be able to get a lot more done now and start uh, updating the Boro Bear page with some cool projects too. Mm -hmm. So, like, right now I'd ask you, like, what's some of your favorite, like, uh, artists, what you grow, grow up listen to? Like, musical uh, artists. Music-wise, oh, gosh. Well, I was kind of, um, I grew up in a house where my dad listened to a lot of hard rock. My mom listened to a lot of 80s pop. And then I kind of fell somewhere in the middle. So I listened to like a lot of the offspring growing up or uh, even, uh, you know, some more of the angsty teen stuff or some 41, uh, just things uh, like that. Uh, blur. <laughs> There's another one, um, a, a lot of uh, rock or indie and stuff. But uh, okay. now that I'm older, uh, some of the Canadian acts, I really like the Arkells. Uh, they're from around here. I'm into my playlist changes so often, like even the music on my page. It's constantly different. The only thing I say is I generally don't like twangy country. But, you know, yeah. some, days, some days I'll be playing like, 80s classic rock other days it's uh rap other days it's yeah. soca like <laughs> you're good so. you're universal you're universal so that's <laughs> everything 
It's good. Yeah. It, yeah. Most likely people who do uh smoke or whatever taking the, 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 the plant, they listen to everything. You get what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> everything. It's whatever your vibe is through that day, right? So Yeah, well that's so, the kind of thing it opens you up to a lot more, I guess. Do you know the story of four twenty? Do you know that, um, I heard the story of four twenty. Yeah, the, about the guys at school. Okay, so Gordon. it is the same thing. The yes. same thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of different that. stuff. Sometimes people talk about it being connected to the Grateful Dead. Um, but, you know, they t- they talk about how it was a group of guys at school that used to have it. It was a code word for, you know, they're, they're yeah. getting high stuff. So, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun that the whole, like, that there is still a code word and the whole basis <laughs> for the community is kind of an inside joke among yeah. friends. And I think that really shows how it actually should be. And I think that's the disservice that's been done with legalization. So, yeah. you know, we allowed corporations, big money um, to get into things and it became less about sometimes like, you know, Yes, I don't advocate for things going into the hands of gangs or um, criminal cartels or anything like that. But I'm sorry, the only people I've ever known that have dealt cannabis are hardworking, yeah. you know, like oftentimes their parents or uh, a lot of times indigenous people. Like um, right here, I've got Molson Hill. Yes. Uh, reserve cannabis, and I really want to draw attention to this kind of stuff right now, especially with what's going on in Canada Check that out. Yep. and yep. the US. Support. Definitely, uh, Molson Hill cannabis because we are on borrowed land, and if you want to smoke some really beautiful that's, stuff, that's where you um, go. Yeah, Trust yeah, me. for sure, for sure. And and they're you know um, they sent that in a beautiful package and stuff like that. I'll light that up soon. But I for think sure I'm going to support that. Yeah, so that's a lot of the time, like, you know, we did things. It was, if if you're not part of criminal cartels or stuff, but you're just um, networking and doing things on smaller skills, like what a lot of the times you see is services for services or bartering or more like a community way of doing trade and business. And there's, yeah, you're going to go see a dealer and you might do something that's not legal or whatever but oftentimes that guy is going to sit there and smoke with you and talk to you about how cannabis has helped him like like you and I are talking now right this is a mm-hmm. like and you do that with your dealer you don't get that care and that mm-hmm. sort of knowledge and um comfort in a dispensary um and and I think that's the thing that's missing um, with legalization. They went about it the wrong way. It should have been more like a tea house um, mm-hmm. instead of an Ikea, you know, or, yeah. or an Apple store. Exactly. Exactly. So, yo, anything, like, you want to tell people, do you have a site coming for, like, everything? Like, no, where are you getting the name from? Tell me about the name. The Canna Canuck? Yeah, I want to know about the Canna Canuck. Um, well, the, a Canuck is a slang word for a Canadian. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have the Vancouver Canucks, um, and things like that. And so I just kind of wanted to be able to identify that my, my cannabis content was Canadian right away. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that I came from a place where things were a little bit different or that we could maybe, um, have sort of discussions. It gives you that sort of kind of beacon if you're another Canadian to, to find your, 
friends, right? So, and um, I don't know. Uh, before I was the Canna Canuck, I was actually the Crunchy Canuck. And I did, like like I had said to you, I was doing um, bath and body products and my own natural health things and a natural way of living. So it was just in a smooth transition from one to the other. Oh. So I, I see that you're a big activist, 100% real. You're putting in work. So like Thank you. you have a you have a website. You want to tell the people where they could connect with you, what you have planning coming for the future, a channel or anything, yes. any events. Yes, I do. So I actually have some really cool stuff on the go. Um, I'm going to be doing some collaborative work with Chef Rodney from Deliciously Dope TV. Um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, Ms. D, Danielle Jackson, um, she has been uh, a cannabis user proponent for over 30 years. Uh, she is coming down or from Mexico uh, very soon. She's doing a cannabis tour and some events. Uh, I have been fortunate enough to be asked to be involved in some of those. So those will be coming up. Um, she is an awesome woman to watch out for. I'm also going to be launching um, Broadleaf Cannabis Collective. I can't say too terribly much about that right now. Um, I'm extremely excited about some of what's going to be coming um, to do with education and events in the industry. Um, and it is uh, quickly becoming uh, a large project that I'm quite proud of. So I'm hoping that we can get more and more businesses and um, public members on board. And uh, then as far as everything else goes, hmm. oh, I have some very interesting uh, projects um, to do with a potential show. I think I may be um, uh, starting with some politicians. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, launching with some politicians, uh, broadly buzz. So I will also have a program as well for cannabis news and content um, geared more towards um, the average person that really wants to find that camaraderie and community back in cannabis. I got I to gotta thank you, Ali, Bear, Canna Canuck for coming through the Mary Jane podcast. It's a blessing. Anytime. Thank you. I would love to connect because this is good education or, you know, most high uplifting knowledge, you know, like coming from you. So, yo, respect for coming through on the Mary Likewise. Podcast. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to make the connection, and I'm glad we finally did. Technical difficulties be damned. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Ali Bear, Canna Canuck, blaze it up, support her, follow her, you know, much respect. Thank yes. you. Have a wonderful day, my friend. You too.